episode 91 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis. And today I have with me the OG of voice in my eyes because he was the one who actually introduced me to the voice uh, community at back in the day at the Alexa conference. Welcome Bradley Metrock. And please tell the people who you are and what you do in the voice industry. Julie, thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor and I appreciate the opportunity. So my name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing, which is based in Nashville, Tennessee. And we're not a normal publisher. Uh, a lot of what we do centers around the realm of voice technology and conversational AI. So we started a podcast network three years ago called Voice First FM. Uh, today it's listened to across 56 countries by hundreds of thousands of people, predominantly technology professionals. Um, I host a show called This Week in Voice. That show is entering season five uh, this fall. And springing forth out of that uh, has been a newsletter called This Week in Voice VIP that's become a, uh, a favorite uh, within those working in the industry or desiring to work within uh, the industry or with this technology. Uh, we have a whole slew of events called the Project Voice Series, which culminates in Chattanooga, Tennessee with Project Voice, number one event in the space. <laughs> and, uh, and we do a lot of consulting. We, you know, this, this year we've gotten into a lot of consulting. We do a lot of business development work through our Project Voice Catalyst program. We just rolled out the Project Voice Advisory Group. So we're doing a lot of stuff, but we got a lot of things going on, but I'm, I'm honored to be here with you today. Yeah, so listeners, as you can tell, Bradley knows a lot about voice right now. Uh, probably one of the leaders, if not in my mind, the leader, and really uh, being open-minded about what's happening in voice, what could happen in voice, and where voice has been. Uh, I, what I appreciate about Bradley is he's not afraid to uh, talk about things that might be controversial even. Uh, he had at Project Voice this year, the some of the people that are against it being called Alexa because of the the name branding and how it impacts children and I like the fact that he does that it helps us to think outside the box and I'm appreciative of that so that being said Bradley how do you see voice technology positively impacting education in the future oh I see it positively impacting education in the future and I see it positively impacting education right now um, you know, when you look at uh, children being able to ask questions um, to a computer, uh, they're, not, they're not bugging a human being, uh, they're not getting brushed off, uh, they're able to ask as much as they want, and it's conversational, they don't, they don't have to try to go to Google, which they might have access restricted on that for a lot of good reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it, there's it's a world that opens up when you have access to a voice assistant like an Alexa or Google assistant moving into the future. I think that there's incredible potential, um, not only for students in every walk of life, every type of demographic, but especially when you consider cases where content and educational opportunities need to be made more accessible. Um, there's, uh, just a, a, a growing amount of evidence that voice is going to reshape the way that we think about curriculum uh, and the way that we think about learning. And that not and furthermore, that's not just for children. That's also for professional learning 
that goes on in enterprise all across the country and the world. So, um, you know, I can dive into specific examples if you want, but uh, just, uh, just the sheer availability of the technology, um, which is not a given. Uh, you know, Amazon's audience skews wealthier, right. skews more educated. And so uh, the demographics of children that have access to Alexa skews the same way. And so if you talk about equity in education, uh, Alexa is becoming a touch point, a flashpoint for that because children who could benefit are not, they're not benefiting and they're falling behind from not having access to that resource. So it's, it's a complicated uh, situation, but the fact of the matter is there's plenty of children benefiting right now. Yeah, which le leads me to the next question. What do you, and you've kind of touched on it already, what are the things that stand in the way of voice tech being in, implemented in a K-12 environment itself? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is privacy uh, and data security. I think that you have administrators who are, uh, like many other types of people, uh, deeply risk averse, uh, deeply paranoid. It's easy to say no, right. uh, and it's hard to say yes, uh, just like in so many areas of our lives. And so the, the, the bar that Alexa, Google Assistant, uh, other voice assistants uh, and, and AIs have to overcome uh, have to exceed in order to be allowed in that ecosystem is way higher uh, than it might be in the home or in other environments. And so uh, that's, that's the hurdle is uh, Amazon, Google, you know, all these other companies doing, you know, continuing to chip away uh, at the perception that um, there's some sort of uh, unholy trade-off Right. to allowing them being in the classroom. Right, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, which also means that there's gotta be some adjustments in some of the legal ramifications. You know, I think they've got to catch up to what the technology is now as well. COPPA, SIPA, FERPA, um, those things have to be taken into account as well. All right, last question. Who are some companies that educators should be aware of uh, in the voice world? Yeah, I mean, one of my favorites is Bamboo Learning. Yep. So, you know, when, when I look at Bamboo Learning, uh, which creates Alexa skills that are educational in nature, um, I see a company that um, importantly uh, has a close relationship with Amazon um, and uh, that's able to open doors in, in a way that a third party without that relationship would have trouble doing. Um, you know, I look at a company like Novel Effect Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, really blazed a trail in terms of education and voice and got people thinking about it differently, um, was a real pioneer. Um, you know, there's, there's others that have popped up, uh, but uh, those two are sort of my North Star um, in terms of the progress being made with education and voice. Um, you know, I watch them closely. Right, right. All right, well, Bradley, thank you very much for uh, being on the Voice and Education podcast today. Guys, if you ever have the opportunity to actually, as an educator, be a part of a voice uh, conference or take part in a anything that's happening online, it's going to benefit you. Voice is going to happen to education. I firmly believe that. 
we as educators, we don't want it to happen to us. We want to be aware. Um, any last things that you would say to an educator, Bradley, in terms of what, what I just said? Sure. Yeah. You know, my, I, I'm, I'll, I'll spin it a little bit differently, but I want to mention this. If you are an educator, um, any grade level, any market, any type, um, or working at a school or in any way involved in education, this week in Voice VIP, the daily letter to the Voice and AI communities, um, typically 100 bucks a year or $12 a month. For you, it's free. So all you have to do is reach out. And my email address is bradley at scorepublishing, S-C-O-R-E, publishing.us. And we're happy to copy a subscription so you can have access to this resource that executives and technologists all over the place wake up to at no cost. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a great uh, week, and we will see you back next week for episode 92 of Voice in Education.